Damn, I would have been on fucking Colgate again. I love toothpaste. What? I bet on Colgate on Saturday because I like I like that brand of toothpaste and they won. <laughs> I have no comment. Me neither. Can we start recording, please? Please. Please. Hey guys, it's Terrence Nan. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go Dose. Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, aka E Dub in the house. So we're listening to Hear the Spear. Presented by No Game Day. Go live, go nose. Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spear, Go Nose. This is Terrell Fuckley. You're listening to Hear the Spear, presented by No Game Day. No bloody. But perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Deion Primetime Sanders. Great Deion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, man? I, I could wake up to that greedy every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, those fans. This is former Seminole Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Here's the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. James Wilder Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on SSOD, Florida State or Die, and go no. William Barnon Floyd. Gentlemen, what's up? What's happening, guys? This is Logan from Here the Speaker, presented to you by Noel Game Day. We are here on this gorgeous Thursday evening. I passed my exam today, so I'm in a wonderful mood. I hope my co-hosts are, too. Uh, We are going to jump a little bit into football to start off the podcast, uh, and then we're going to run through basketball. Obviously, Florida State's big win in South Bend. Huge comeback there. We're also going to preview the Boston College game, the last regular game of the season at home and the talk we're going to talk a lot about trend forest too and then we're going to take some questions that you guys gave us on twitter then we're going to do our weekly fsu hear the spirit trivia along with our funny bad dad jokes to end off the podcast to get you laughing before you end off the episode uh, as always you can listen to this podcast on itunes soundcloud spotify google play if you're on youtube hit that subscribe button if you're anywhere else on every platform hit that subscribe button so you'll be notified whenever we release a new episode as always we want to give a shout out to a user that listens to us on itunes and rated us five stars this was actually from wednesday and his name is number one fsu fan and he rated us five stars and said greatest podcast i have ever listened to we thank you a lot for that um and we also have one here uh from Let's see if I can get right. Did I get this? This is from Luke Elmore and says, great podcast and always entertaining with Dustin. So Dustin gets a shout out. He's really going to ride his high horse. Yeah, here we go. So Austin, we want to bear with us on this episode now. Uh, But yeah, let me go and introduce the two guys. Dustin Lewis, our lead writer and editor and Austin Beasy our busy working man at the lead basketball writing desk this week. What's going on? Not much, man. I'm just feeling like chopped liver after that iTunes review, but other than that, fine. The what? Yeah. I said, <laughs> other than that, fine. Good Lord. Oh, no, after the what? The review? Yeah. Well, yeah, I know. I... I understand that too, Austin. Should we just let? No, we can't let Dustin have the podcast to himself. I don't know where that. No, could he turn. he. Yeah, it would have turned bad. <laughs> <laughs> It'd probably go from five stars to one star. Um, but how how are you feeling, Dustin? You here? What's going on? You just got a really good compliment. 
and just going to stay quiet? Or is, yeah, is I'm, just, that... I'm just trying to stay humble, you know, commit to the grind, keep my nose down, stay stay ready for more. So appreciate it, Luke Elmore. You're my dog. Oh, man. What about, what about if I told you that was all a prank? Oh, I'd, I'd be sad. No, it's not a prank. It's real. <laughs> Anyways. Work hard uh, so, exactly, exactly. So let, let's jump into some football before we got a lot of basketball to talk about, obviously. Um, and I think there's not much to talk about a lot. If you haven't yet, go listen to our last podcast. We previewed the entire spring. Spring practice begins on Saturday. We got you guys ready for that fully. You can go back and listen to that episode. But right now we're going to run over some quick hitters. Kalen LeBourne cleans 315 on video. I posted it on my Twitter. He put it on his Instagram story. Uh, obviously, Coach Storm's getting them right. I feel like Florida State running backs going from James Wilder, Chris Thompson, even Devontae Freeman, Dalvin Cook, um, Cam Akers, and now Kalen LeBourne. Like, it, it's just a regular breed of like beasts that come out of that weight room, I feel like. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. They're they're all beasts in the weight room, but we got to see what LeBourne does on the field before we kind of group them in with those guys. But physically, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, Anthony Grant, too, isn't just a little boy either. He also hasn't been spotted on a football field in a while. And that is true. That is true. <laughs> we talked about that in the last episode, so I suggest you guys go listen to that. I think, <clears throat> I, I think though, for LeBourne speaking here, I think he – Coming back from another little minor surgery, but obviously knee problems. Him doing that, and I think he can do even more than that. But 315, I think, is good to see on his end. He's always had upper body and strength, too. Uh, and I think a lot of people also, I got a lot of comments on uh, if, you know, I, I got questioned all throughout the season if Kane LeBourne was transferring. When is he transferring? Uh, should we say goodbye to Kane LeBourne because Cam Akers is doing good and I tried to keep on telling you he's not transferring that's not the case and I don't know I think today for some reason everybody was like well he's not transferring good to know now I'm like we're spring practice is on Saturday um, unless something some catastrophe happened I don't see why LeBourne would be leaving Florida State but I do think there's going to be a pretty decent uh, running back competition too and you know you're going to see who's going to take those one and two spots and I think Anthony Grant we spoke about in the last podcast but I think Anthony Grant is is going to really um, push LeBourne which I think is a great thing yeah I mean we're we're really just gonna have to see it's going to depend I don't know if LeBourne is full go for the spring same with Corbin obviously so anthony grant he he may be your lead back in the spring depending on how those other two guys are recovering from their respective injuries first reported by 247 sports and brendan sanom wyatt rector walk on that quarterback is going to experiment a little bit under the new staff under norvell at the top he's gonna experiment experiment at the tight end spot what are your thoughts on this, Dustin Lou? Because we talked about it in our meeting before we recorded, and uh, you're like, "Do you want me to say it? Uh, Do you want to be exposed? Be exposed? Yeah. 
He said, who cares? Well, yeah, who cares? It's a, it's a quarterback moving to tight end. I mean, I do like what Rector brings to the table physically. Six foot two, 227 pounds. Solid dual threat at quarterback throughout his career. Um, I think he, I think he ran. I think it was like over 2,600 yards on the ground in his career in high school. So I mean, there's certainly some athleticism there. But I mean, he's never he's never played the position. You've got Cam McDonald, Carter Boatwright. There's a couple walk on. There's a couple other walk on tight ends too in the mix this spring. So. It's just it's something to monitor. He's there might be some upside there. We'll just have to see. We literally have no idea how good his yeah, hands are because he's that's, never that's played tight end. I was just that's all that's all I was asking. I was just seeing if you're going to keep that word and, and stick to it. We'll see whenever spring practice begins. Obviously, I was looking at a picture earlier. Uh, I think Florida State posted it. Uh, Cameron McDonald's looking pretty big, and I think that's a good thing for him because he's always been that hybrid tight end wide receiver. But Cameron McDonald's kind of getting a little big there, at least in the arms. Should be, and you know, I think they also know how how well and how utilize how utilize. I don't even know what I'm even saying, but utilize. <laughs> How how well utilized I guess I guess that can work how well utilized the tight ends work under Coach Norvell and Dillingham. So Yeah. I mean I can definitely see why they made the move. Obviously after the McKitty transfer, you really you you have McDonald, Boatwright, and then um Marcus and Douglas gets here in the summer. So you only have three scholarship tight ends. Norvell likes to have a lot of uh two tight end sets in his offense. So moving Rector over now so he can begin learning the position this spring and continue to pick it up over the summer before the fall is probably a smart move if they don't think he can win the quarterback job. Yeah. Then some notes for off the field. Kyle Pulick has been named the director of creative media, obviously. We've talked about it on here before, but Florida State has struggled in a lot of ways uh, and the graphics that are posted definitely on holidays. Of course, the big one that was that went nationwide viral was the MLK one that was just a catastrophe. And somehow and for some reason that was cleared to be posted. So I think I think I mean, he, any this guy comes from Nevada. He's got some good material there. Um, and yeah, Florida State, you know, needs all the help it can get. So I think. All the help it can get on that side of things for, in my opinion, in a lot of ways. I think it's they got a lot more work to do, but it's a nice pickup for Florida State. Any analysis here, Dustin, on this? Yeah, no question. This is definitely an upgrade for Florida State. I mean, honestly, any hire at this point is an upgrade after what we've seen from Florida State's social media and, and graphics department. Has gotten better so far under Norvell and this hire will probably just continue to lead things in the right direction and getting Florida state more, more on equal footing as some of the other big programs in college football. I mean, it certainly couldn't get worse. That, that's what I mean. <laughs> you can only go up. Yeah. Uh, well, I think that, that pretty much ends up ends off football there. Uh, and we can go ahead and jump into basketball, which is the most meat for our podcast here. I didn't really like saying that. I wasn't really 
my favorite, but I went with it and I did it. So here we are. You don't, but you don't for, like the word meat? Well, I didn't want to re- like really say. I just put this is our big meat for the podcast here. This is that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Like this is our big portion, like meat portion of the podcast. I don't know. That just didn't sound like a good idea, but I did it. So I have to own up to it. I'm a man though, Austin. I'm a man. I take it. Okay, I'm done. I gotta stop. That made it worse. I know it did. So Florida State gets their 25th win of the season, uh, and they win 73 to 71 in South Bend. Forest, Forest, Forest. The senior does it. So fun watching him. But Florida State now with a win on Saturday against Boston College, which Austin and Dustin think I think most likely is going to happen, have a chance at clinching the ACC by themselves or co-sharing it with Duke. What do you all's recap on the Notre Dame game, guys? It was just it was one of those games where Notre Dame started out so hot just from everywhere. They're shooting 57% from the floor, 50% from three in the first half. Florida State was doing fine offensively, but they're having a tough time, tough time keeping up with that kind of production on offense. Then the second half, the first 10 minutes, Notre Dame started stretching the lead. Everyone's like, oh, here we go. Two straight losses heading into March. This is the worst time to be doing this. Then all of slow a sudden, down. Slow down real quick. Because the social media reaction in that second half, was honest, it was honestly hilarious. Because everyone is freaking out on Twitter, saying, oh, Florida State, this isn't the team, this isn't the year. Oh, they'll be on the second weekend. Oh, bye-bye, bye two-seed. All these comments are coming in. And then Florida State, well, you can get to it, Austin. Florida State goes on that big run, and everyone got pretty quiet. It, it wasn't even Florida State. It was MJ Walker. Scored 13 straight. I think it was 16 out of 18 points. And a 10-point lead went to a 2-point lead in a minute and 57 seconds. And Florida State hit big shot after big shot. Notre Dame had gassed themselves out. They were worn out. Florida State continued to hit big shots, and they ended up coming away with a 73-71 victory. Trent Forrest had two amazing plays down the stretch, first with the and one in the final minute, and then obviously the game winner at the end where he drove right, missed, got his own rebound, and put it back in with about four seconds remaining. Florida State only led with only, or Florida State only led 19 seconds of this entire game and won. That's not a game you're supposed to win, but you'll obviously take it. Um, Notre Dame was horrible in the second half. Even Coach Bray said they wore themselves out. They were just too tired. They'd used all their timeouts by like three or four minutes left. And like I mentioned, their percentages in the first half and the second half, they shot 34.4% from the floor and 22.2% from three. Um, not going to win many games like that, even when they did build the cushion. They did in the first half. Yep, and two of Notre Dame's big players and John Mooney and also, what's his fucking name? Princess Hub. <laughs> I keep getting it mixed up with Princess. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but John, John Mooney and Princess Hub, Notre Dame's... Two top scorers in the game. Hub had 24. Mooney had 16. Goodwin off the bench also had 16 in this one. But Hub and Mooney were dominant in that first half. I think Hub had, like, he averages about 11 points, and he had 11 points in, like, the first eight minutes or something like that. He just started the game on a tear. 
And then Mooney as well, who we talked about in the last podcast, is a really big part of what Notre Dame does on offense and averages a double-double. So he was getting what he wanted in that first half while Florida State adjusted. But the second half, you have it here in the notes, Austin. Mooney was held scoreless. Hub had just five points. And Florida State's defense locked in and won the game down the stretch for him. We've seen it a couple times this year. The, the games that stand out to me in my mind are that defensive stretch FSU had against uh, USF back in December to make that comeback for the win. And then also the last five minutes in the overtime period when they played at Miami um, earlier in conference play. It was it was just like those two performances. They locked in on defense and they made crucial plays on offense and they were able to pull out the victory. And it wasn't even like they changed that much. Usually when a team has that different of a performance half to half, usually a team completely flips the way they're playing, whether it's they go to zone, they increase pressure. Florida State still just played Florida State basketball. They increased pressure a little bit, but a lot of it just came to Notre Dame was tired. When you're only playing seven guys and the six of them are playing, I think it was like 25 plus minutes. Yeah, it's the five guys played 26 plus minutes. Yeah, and another one with 18, and another with 13. You're not. It's hard to win games against Florida State. Well, that's how Florida State wins. They're just going to wear you down, and when you finally start showing weakness, they're going to pounce. Um, Florida, and that's that's what Florida State did. When the, and the entire second half, they were just they were on the verge of a run. So many people were saying it. They're like. They can just get one stop. They're going to go on a run. And as soon as MJ came back in, boom, 13 straight points. He had the corner three. He had a dribbling three up the top of the key, transition threes, a nice layup. He had the uh, right corner three that he got three free throws on. He, he was just doing whatever he wanted. And when MJ plays like he did last night against Notre Dame or like he did in the first matchup with Louisville, Florida State's tough to beat. Yeah, he had a great game, really good performance. He actually – Actually came a game late because I, I predicted in our last podcast, I think it was MJ Walker to have 22 against Clemson, and he didn't have the greatest game. And then, yeah, last night, leads Florida State to, well, I don't want to say leads, but sparks Florida State immensely with in that stretch to help secure the comeback. And we've been wanting to see this from MJ we obviously want to see him be more consistent, but even him being this big-time scorer in big-time games, that's a huge step up for him because we haven't seen that. He was a five-star McDonald's All-American. Everybody's been talking about it. And now in his third season, we're finally seeing the player we all knew he could be. Um, hopefully, this momentum carries into March, into the ACC tournament, into the NCAA tournament. Because March is predicated on good guard play. I've talked about it a lot. But FSU's guards have to play well night in and night out in the tournament to have consistent success yeah like you said the signs are definitely there with mj walker been a little worrisome in his first two years with florida state hasn't really lived up to that five-star status just quite yet and fans were starting to get a little bit worried but i mean you can see the athleticism he plays with i mean that's something you can't teach and uh, he's always locked down on defense. He's a great defender. And it really just came came to his offense beginning to emerge. And that's what we're starting to see. He's got to do it more consistently, like you also said, Austin. But he's he's slowly starting to get there night by night. And, you know, next year with N.J. Walker heading, heading into his senior year, it's suddenly looking like Florida State might have one of the top returning players in the conference. Yeah, but sadly they're going to be without – the GOAT, 
Trent Forrest, who's, yeah. again, just delivers what Florida State needs him most. A lot of people think he's too passive on offense, but when Florida State absolutely needs a bucket, Trent Forrest is there, and he's going to get it for you. He did it again last night. He should have had another game winner against Clemson. He's He is Florida State at this point. And if his jersey's not in the rafters on Saturday night, I might be a little mad because he absolutely whoa. deserves on it. On Saturday point. night. On Saturday night. No one should ever wear three again. I agree. I mean, I agree with that. I also think no one should wear 14 again. I think Terrence Mann should have his jersey retired first, but that's my opinion. I can I can agree with that. I think they're both deserving, and I think there's a couple other players that at least deserve their name in the rafters, even if the numbers weren't again. Like Al Thornton, I think, deserves his name up there just because he kind of put Florida State on the map. He didn't yeah. bring the consistent set success like Bacon, Beasley, and Mann did. But he was the one that kind of said, hey, I'm a very good player, that, and I'm at Florida State. Um, yeah. I Tony just think this is another name, but he wasn't as great as Al Thornton. I just think Terrence Mann and Trent Forrest are probably the two, two of the most important players ever to, to Florida State basketball when it comes to what this program has been built into during their careers here. And they were, and they were both instrumental parts of it. And the crazy thing about Trent is all four teams he's been on, you could argue are top five teams all time at Florida state. And that's unbelievable to say this year's team has got probably going to finish with the best regular season record. Last year's team had the best record. His freshman season had the best record. And then his sophomore season, when they didn't have the best record, they still went to the Elite Eight, matching the second farthest the team's ever gone. Mm-hmm. So there, there's an argument that every season he's been on has been a top-five season in Florida State history. And that, that's no accident. He's been a key cog in that engine, especially, especially these last few seasons where he's been the starting point guard. He's been the guy getting everybody involved. And if he wins on Saturday, only three losses – at home in your college career, that's pretty phenomenal. I was going to ask, do you know how far he is off the the all-time wins list? He's number one. He's been number one for a few games now in Florida State history. Um, Yeah, he's four games above the mark because they hit it when they got their 21st one. Mm-hmm. He's just Trent is Florida State. I think he. I think he should. As soon as he's announced on Senior Night, they need to say. And if you look up there, there's your jersey. No one will ever wear three again. Um, I think it's fitting that he's been such a humble and such a great player throughout his entire career. Um, to see him get that moment for himself would be would be really neat. Yeah, it's pretty crazy seeing it all kind of come full circle. Because I mean. He's not he's not from too far far away from Tallahassee, Chipley, Florida, which um, yeah, very close to Tallahassee. So he's kind of a local um grew up a guy that watched Florida State basketball and then now now he's a guy instrumental in into making Florida State and an elite power in college basketball and it there's there's no question that He's leaving Tallahassee a lot better than where it was when he stepped into it. 
Oh, yeah. There is no doubt about that. Before we move into the Boston College game, I feel like we got to talk about Mike Bray's comments again. Last yeah. time he <laughs> lashed out at the officials. This time, I, I, I want to say I want to say this word for word because this is incredible. Just roast his own team. As soon as he walked into the press conference, he goes, "Feel for our guys. We got what we deserved." And then later says, "There were 15 NBA scouts here. They weren't here for any of our guys. They're here for their guys. I love our guys, but." <laughs> Like, dang, coach, <laughs> that's not that is not what you're supposed to say about your own team, especially as soon as you walk into a press conference. Yeah, um, I saw I saw another tweet. Um, I guess he was doing a radio interview after the game, and he made some comment and just slammed the headset on the ground and walked off. And it's I mean it's hard to not blame him, or it's it's hard to blame him. I mean, your team was up the entire game. Let's Florida State back in it. And Florida State wins. It was the exact opposite of the first game between these two, where Florida State dominated the beginning. Notre Dame closed the gap in the last few minutes, but Florida State still leaked out. Mm-hmm. This time, Notre Dame had to lead the entire game. Florida State storms back, and Florida State wins. You, he has to be pissed. He does not want to see garnet, gold, black, white, turquoise ever again. Yeah, he's just inventing ways to lose at this point. And he's also he's also losing in, in the press conference press conferences because you saw after that Clemson game where Leonard Hamilton could have walked in there and absolutely ripped the refs for that inadvertent whistle. And then he was he was nothing but kind about it. He was saying that's what make that's what make ba- makes basketball so great because of the human aspect of the game. And then on the other end, you have Mike Bray just so pissed off about it. So Looking at it on that kind of spectrum, it's another another thing that Florida State fans can really appreciate about their coach and just how humble he is as a as a man. And now moving into Boston College, final game of the regular season, senior night, not only honoring Trent Forrest, but Dominic Olenichuk as well. And Dom's played really well recently. I think he's made like 13 of his last 16 shots quietly. Um He's starting to become a steady rotation piece. But Boston College is 13-17, and 7-12 in conference. They're not good. Um, we'll, we'll just leave it at that. They've beaten Virginia when Virginia was bad. Um, they beat Virginia Tech, Notre Dame, Cal, NC State. But when they, when they win, it's by a couple of points. And when they lose, it's by like 20 every single time. Their point differential is one of the worst in the conference, if not the worst. Um, Jay Heath and Derek Thornton lead the way with 13 points per game. They don't shoot the ball well. They don't rebound well. They're scoring some of the worst in the country, but they're allowing a ton of points. It it's <laughs> it's going to be so. What's the up, be, what's the upside for Boston College? Then? They force turnovers sometimes. They're sometimes like 80th and force turnovers, but I think that's the only stat they're above average in. Um, wow. They're not good. I, I don't know how they've beaten. I don't know how they've won games, to be honest, much less 13 of them when they're not playing Central Connecticut State, who I think is one of their wins. Um, they play they eight guys consistently. Against Central Connecticut State. Yeah, my point. Um, they only play eight guys consistent minutes. Uh, Jay Heath and Julian Rishwain are their only guys above like 32% from three. It's just not a good team. 
as long as Florida State's focused and not too emotional for senior night, they should send Trent Forrest and Dominic Lenichuk off into the sunset with a 25-point win. Yeah, like you said, this this one has the potential to get really ugly. Boston College just doesn't have the talent, really, to keep up on this one, doesn't have the depth to keep up, doesn't have the shooting, really, to potentially get hot from outside to have a chance in it. I don't – yeah, I don't see much happening here other than Florida State pretty much decimating Boston College. But because I'm seeing that, Boston College will probably – Keep it close somehow. Yeah, because you said that, they'll hang around. They've still got yeah. some names you'll recognize if you've followed them the last few years when they had Jerome Robinson and Kai Bowman and some other good players there. Stefan Mitchell's still there. Uh, Nick Popovich, the good white big man, still there. He's averaging <laughs> 10 points <laughs> and five rebounds. They got the Hamilton brothers, Jarris and Jared. But just because you recognize the names doesn't mean they're good. They've just been there a while. Um, they're just, they're just one of those programs that's always destined to be in the bottom third of the ACC, and that's no different this year. Um, yet, like Dustin said, it's hard to see this not being a blowout win for Florida State. Um, I'm sure that's going to jinx us in every single way possible. But they're just one of those teams. They're, they're just not good. <laughs> I, have no, I have no idea how else to say it. They take a lot of threes. Um, almost... 40% of their shots come from three, but they're only making them at 31% of the time, which is bottom 60 in the country. <laughs> they're just, they're not a good team. We can't, we can't say that enough. If Florida State lets them hand around, it's not good. Um, which, yes, FSU's done that from time to time. But with it being senior night, with it being Trent Forrest last game, it's been sold out for over a week now. I, I just, don't I do not envision a scenario where this is closer than ten points. I really don't. Yeah, I mean it's hard to. And Popovich, who you just mentioned, is coming off a scoreless performance in twenty-two minutes versus Notre Dame on on Wednesday. So we'll have to see how he responds in this game against guys like Malik and Dom. Um, but yeah, Austin. I mean, Boston College are. They're just not going to be able to keep up. I mean, plain and simple. And, you know, MJ, De- Devin Vassell hasn't hasn't played as good over the last couple games. I think this is a a likely spot. You see him maybe have a have a 20-point performance. Patrick Williams gets a couple dunks in transition. I mean, this is just the kind of game that Florida State dominates to get confidence moving into the ACC tournament. I don't see it any other way. Which is perfect. You want those big time wins heading into the tournament. Yep. And hopefully they're leaving with an outright conference win or an outright conference regular season championship. There's a chance, there's a pretty good chance that happens. Florida State has to win and Louisville has to lose at Virginia, which I think is fairly likely. Um, Virginia's played really well recently. I went through all the scenarios on Twitter this morning of every possible result and what would happen to the top four of the standings if that happens. In five of those eight scenarios, Florida State ends up the one seed. Um, there's only a couple where they get the outright conference championship. There's a crazy scenario where every team ends up 15-5. and five. I think Florida State would still get the one seed. 
because um, that would be them losing, Louisville losing, which means Virginia winning, and Duke lose and Duke wins. That means they all get to fifteen five. I think I think Florida State would still get the one seed, um, but hopefully it doesn't come to that. Hopefully they just take care of business Saturday, and hopefully Virginia beats Louisville. And we can say we were the best team in the ACC, even though we should already say that considering we beat Louisville twice this year by a combined twenty eight points. Yeah, Virginia, speaking on Virginia real quick, they've won 10 out of their last 11 games. Their only loss in that stretch at Louisville by seven points. So you definitely have to think they have this game circled, and they're 22-7 and seven at this point. What do you think, Austin? Probably going to get an NCAA tournament bid, and a win like this against Louisville will only help their case of, at potentially moving up even higher in um, the selection. So they beat Duke last Saturday. Let's see what they can do. Yeah, and they beat us in Virginia. They beat Duke in yeah. Virginia. I don't. I think it's pretty likely they beat Louisville in Virginia. I think at this point they're. I'm not gonna say they're 100 percent locked into the tournament, but they're 99 percent locked in. They would have to lose this game and the first game of the ACC tournament if it's to like a Virginia Tech or a Miami or someone they just really should not lose to. Um, their net ranking isn't the best at 48, which at 22 and seven is ridiculous because above them, the D spot above them, 47th is 13 and 16 Minnesota. So the net rankings remain drunk as always. (laughs) Virginia is a lot better than 48th. They're finally ranked again. I believe, I think they're like 23rd or 24th. Yeah. So they've really played well recently. I certainly don't want to play the ACC tournament. I hope. I hope they beat Louisville just so we don't see them until the championship game, if we see them at all. Um, Virginia's played phenomenal basketball as of recently, except for the Miami game, but we don't want to talk about that. Yeah, I mean, even when they were playing terrible offensively, they're not a team you want to play just because of how much they make you work um, on defense with, with how good they are on that side of the floor. And now that their offense has kind of come along, they're they're looking a little dangerous, and I mean, we talked about how poorly they started off the year, and, and now they're at that point where they're starting to get heated up right right at the right time, right as they move towards the, the conference tournament and Selection Sunday, March Madness. So, yeah, if Virginia can stay hot, they they might be scary in March. I might, I'm, I'm going to be looking at them now for my bracket. Might be a little underrated. Yeah, they're, they're a team no one wants to play right now just because no one wants to watch Virginia film over and over. And you consistently see 40-point games. <laughs> but they have played really well recently, all jokes aside. Um, they're arguably the hottest team in the conference. And hopefully we don't see them ever again. Hopefully we leave the conference after this year so we never have to play Virginia again. <laughs> I think I screwed up earlier when I was saying that if, uh, if FSU to, were to win this weekend and then if Duke were to win that they'd be co-champions but that was I meant to say Louisville yeah the only way Duke can be can get a share of the title is if every team goes 15 and 5 yeah other than that I don't think there's a scenario let me double check 15-4 Louisville 15-4 FSU Duke 14-5 and yeah so Austin I was looking at your your Twitter commentary earlier with Maybe it was Heath or it was 
it was someone on Twitter, but you were talking about the uh, the ACC regular season title, and um, so if Louisville wins on Saturday, Florida State wins on Saturday, they they each have identical conference records. It's it's a tie for the regular season conference title instead of Florida State owning it outright, despite FSU being two zero against Louisville. Is that correct? Correct, and it's incredibly dumb. Tiebreakers only matter for the seeding of the conference, which I think is super outdated. But I would understand it if the teams are tied one to one, like they split a regular season series. But Florida State waxed Louisville twice. Yep. <laughs> I, just, I in this scenario, it's a little ridiculous. Um, and but there's also the flip side where. There's a question about this that we we're going to get to, but I'll go ahead and answer it. The ACC doesn't have a regular season trophy for their champions, so I I, I guess it, it's dumb. Florida, if Florida State wins, they should just be the conference champions because Louisville has no right to say they were as good as Florida State this season. <laughs> so as Florida State, they've never won the, the ACC regular season title in program history. Is this the type of thing you you put a banner up for? They probably will. Um, I think Duke doesn't. I think Carolina doesn't. They did share the conference title in 2012, but North Carolina won the tiebreaker. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the that's the closest they've gotten. Um, and I don't think FSU has a banner for that. I know they have one for winning the tournament, obviously. Right. So they're they're meant, they're entering unmarked un, yeah. uncharted waters here. We're, we're they have a decision to make. <laughs> yeah, they really do. But yeah, Austin, real quick, uh, if you're ready, we can go ahead and make these Boston College predictions. So I have Florida State winning by a lot, with Trent Forrest going for 20 points on senior night. I'll say Florida State wins 86 to 62. <sighs> Dude, you are like in my brain. Dude, that's crazy. I got Florida State 87, Boston College 60. <laughs> yeah, we we were both right there. <laughs> Before you said anything, I was thinking in my head 87, 87. You said 86. <laughs> Great minds think alike. What can I say? FSU 105, Boston College 55. That's my prediction. I could honestly, I can see it happening. I could honestly see a 50 burger happening. Travis Light hits three threes. I need to see if we're talking about classless Caucasians. I need to see a Will Miles three pointer. He is Dude. too passive on offense. I need to see him lighten <laughs> up the scoreboard. Dude, that place is going to be electric. A win there, no matter what. I want to see Ty Hand score because I've never seen him score before. He's only played in one game. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Put him in. Mm. You, you just rudely interrupt me, Dustin? That's what we do on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, it is. I guess that's how it goes, huh? That's all right. Next time you talk, I'll be interrupting. All right. <laughs> Y'all down? Don't laugh. <laughs> I'm watching Steph Curry right now. I missed him. How's he doing? Doing pretty good. Not too bad. He didn't make an and one for his first shot that no human should make. So he's doing good. 
That's how stuff is. Yeah, it is. Let's jump into some trivia and then some bad dad jokes to end it off. What do you say, guys? Do I have questions? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. There's some questions here Austin has for us. Let me. Do you want to do those, Austin? Because my Google Drive, I forgot. Never mind. I got it. I got it. I got it. I'll name it off for you guys. Don't worry about it. Pull it off real quick. See, this is what a, a Mac does. Dustin, it loads things quick. Not your 1867 Internet Explorer Dell computer. Oh, do you have do you have the questions up or not? Yes, I do. This is from Richie Barnes, super producer. Super producer and NG contributor says, "Should Ham and Trent cut down the net Saturday if we win?" It's a tough decision because knowing Coach Hamilton, he'll say no. And knowing Coach Jones, he'll probably say no. CY will be climbing the net himself to cut down <laughs> the net. <laughs> and the players will probably be following CY. And then Coach Ham will say, okay, fine, let's do it. Um, Wait, what will Steve Smith do? I don't know him that well <laughs> enough, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, he What's seems more. He seems more of the Gates type where he'll be just like standing in the background kind of laughing to himself um it's it, it is interesting the good part is we play at 4 30 louisville and virginia play at four so we'll know whether we're the outright winners by the end of the game mm-hmm. assuming we win the game obviously it's just so set if, up to be it's just set up to be if they're outright winners i'd say go ahead and do it I think that'd be really cool for all the fans to see. I think it'd be really cool for Trent. Um, I think it'd be really cool for the coaching staff as well. I think it'd be cool for also, too, a big kind of – I think that fans will deserve it, too, because they've really shown out this year. And I think it'd just be a great experience. And take advantage of it as, as you can. Let let Forrest, but also those young guys, know how it feels, man, to have a successful season like that, make history. And, you know, you want to do that next season and the years after. Yeah, and it's not and it's not only Trent's last game in the Tucker Center, it's likely Devin Vassell's and Patrick Williams' last game in there as well. As much as we don't want to talk about it, it's probably their last game in the Tucker Center. Let's celebrate these guys and celebrate this team and I, I I wouldn't be upset if they cut down the nets. Perfecto, El Amigo. On to the next question. This is from at the real Noel ninety one. He's got two questions here. Dribble, drive, FSU's plan to stop it since every ACC coach is exploiting it? I don't I don't know if they actually will change anything to stop it. Um, I think there was an article that, co- that or an interview Coach Hamilton did where he said they might change things up a little bit defensively to try and stop some of that. But against Notre Dame, it was still more of the same. They just wanted to stick to that one thing. If that's the one thing beating them, I think they're okay. Um, because you have such great help defense from Patrick Williams, Devin Vassell, Trent Forrest, MJ Walker, Turk, Raquan Evans, Anthony Polite, so on and so on, that they're okay with the dribble drives. Um, they, uh, the guards guarding the perimeter need to be a little bit better containing the dribble, but the help side defense kind of you know, it it kind of bounces out. I don't think I don't think they're going to do anything to really change that. 
so, this next so, oh go ahead some of that help side defense is leading to some open corner threes though yeah which will happen against the really good shooting teams like notre dame um if they end up playing creighton who we're seeing in a lot of brackets recently yeah they'll have to change something up to avoid those driving kicks this next question is the same from the real 091 saw kansas hoisting a big 12 trophy will there be a ACC trophy in the building on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, so like I said earlier, there's no ACC regular season championship trophy. It's only for the tournament, which kind of sucks. No fun league. Boo. Boo. Another crappy call not to have a not to have a trophy. <laughs> and the clown show that is the ACC refs and officials. Dustin, are you going there Saturday? Yeah, I'm planning. I'm planning to be there. I, I think I should for for Trent's last last game. I should be there. I was there for his first game. Wasn't there for every game in between it, but I was there for a lot of them. So it's a fitting way to for it all to kind of end. Wow. Especially especially if tears in my eyes, man. Yeah. Trying to cry a little bit. Especially if Virginia does pull out that victory. Anyways, so this up next uh, is the Hear the Spirit trivia. Did I interrupt you? No, nah, no, nah, you're fine. Go ahead, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. <laughs> what did you? What were you saying? I don't know. I lost. I, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> I knew if I would have done that, you would completely forget what you were saying. That's why I felt pretty bad about it. All right, let's do Hear the Spear Trivia. Now I feel like a dickhead. See, I actually feel bad about my inter- interruptions, but you don't. Yeah, I'm going to lose now because my mind is just boggled. Uh, oh, here mm-hmm. we go. Making excuses already. <laughs> Currently, right now, Austin has a 5-3 to three lead on our Hear the Spear FSU Trivia. We're gonna, still going to stay in the tournament realm of questions here. Uh, and... Some of these might be tricky. Some of them might be not. We'll see if the guys will notice them. All right, first question up, and you only get like 10 seconds to answer it. How many times has FSU reached the round of 32 in the NCAA tournament? Oh, God. You're back to this shit. Um, Seven seconds. You said round of 32? Yep. 13. I was going to guess 13 as well. That's okay. Yeah. Dude, 13. see, I told you. <laughs> Anybody else want to change it up? Are they going to go same 13? We'll, we'll just we'll stick there. Yeah, I, just... I don't think it's 13, but it's around there somewhere. It's 11. It's 11. That was my next very, guess. Very, very, very close, gentlemen. You all ready for question number two? Yeah, sounds like it. Perfect. How many NCAA tournament appearances overall has FSU reached? Uh, between two numbers. Oh, uh, it's one or the other. Oh, no. Whatever he guesses, I'm guessing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll... I'll just I'll go first. I'll go first, so, so I'm not copying you. Uh, overall appearances, round thirty-two is thirteen. I'll say nineteen. It's either sixteen or seventeen. Well, and 
think it's 17. I swear, Austin is looking this shit up, Dustin. We're going to have to, he's going to have to turn on his video. Is it 17? It's 17. <laughs> well, it's because I sat there week, for three years. It says I sat there at the clock for three years counting our tournament banners. Mm. You think that's true, Dustin? Yeah, he's got a little bit of an advantage. Dustin just lets people go right by him. <sighs> Is that how it was at Florida High when you played football, too? Oh, my God. Pretty much. <laughs> Why do you think I'm not playing anymore? Because uh, you graduated? Found, you found extra. 20? Every spring, though, I try and sneak in, but they always catch me. Do they really? Do they yeah. notice you? Well, you like, dude, you're 25. You can't be out here hitting 15-year-olds. And it's not fair. Um, time out. Oh, here we go. I know it's... <laughs> go ahead, Austin. Nope. Just... No, do it. Do it. it. Let's just move past what Dozen said. Nope. <laughs> Speaking of 15-year-olds, anyone ready for some bad dad jokes? <laughs> what does that have to do with 15-year-olds? <laughs> okay man this is where we always hope by now someone everybody's off stop listening but yeah all right who wants to go first i think austin should go first since he like has them like lined up hold on i gotta find my list jesus um what is it golly someone else is gonna have to go <laughs> Yeah. Oh wait, no. Here we go. You got, you got. What you need here? Where, where do I want to start? Oh, here we go. Uh, what do you get when you cross the Atlantic on the Titanic? Halfway. Say it again. What do you get when you cross <laughs> the Atlantic on the Titanic? Halfway. Hmm. I mean, I, I'm still having to think about it. Because you get halfway across the Atlantic. I know, but come on. <sighs> Dustin, rank that one for me, please. Uh, it's a, it's in the middle. It's in the middle. It's like know. half. It's like halfway. Yeah. <laughs> it's alright. It's not. You terrible. don't mind though. You guys are gonna hate it. Here we go. Is it, is it the one you told us off air last time? Oh, man. I don't know. Did I? Did I tell it off air? We're about to find out. I don't know. You got to listen to it to understand it because I don't know. All right. <laughs> Today, my son asked, can I have a bookmark? And I burst into tears. 11 years old, and he still doesn't know my name is Brian. It's not the one you told us off air last time. <laughs> I don't, I, I'm not understanding these. Why am I not understanding these? So that one, he's he's at he's asking, can I get a bookmark? But the dad's saying, can I get a book, comma mark? Yeah. Can you uh, say his name is Mark? Oh my God. <laughs> Jesus. Come on, Logan. You got a topic. You said, you've been complaining. You said I've got to save. I've got to save the show. You didn't say good. You said bad. <laughs> you did say bad dad jokes. We didn't say good dad jokes. Okay. 
Well, I'm saying like bad ones. The funny, the bad ones are funny. That was funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, here we go. I got mine. Ready? What do you call it when one cow spies on another? Oh God. A stakeout. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Logan's loving himself for that I can, one. Well, I, I can understand that one. <laughs> I think we need a round two for redemption. Yeah, yeah, the most certainly needs to be a round two. I want more raunchy ones. Why does the internet not give me more raunchy things? I need to go into the private window for that. Um, Here's a raunchy-ish one. Please, because Austin's what? like... <sighs> Not raunchy enough. What do you call the noise a cheating wife makes in the bedroom? Oh, God. I don't know. Whore moans. <laughs> that was good. I like that one. <laughs> All right, I've got one real quick. I have many jokes about unemployed people. Sadly, none of them work. Yikes. <laughs> All right, well. Yikes. That one's, I mean. Y'all got to laugh. Jesus. This I'll isn't a competition. Joke. Well, I have, like, really bad ones, but like I said, I don't want to be canceled off of iTunes, man. So. I'm trying to get the Netflix. Did you know uh, the first French fries weren't actually cooked in France? Oh, he's going classic. They were cooked in Greece. He went classic. Wow. (laughs) Phenomenal, Dustin, to save the show there. Oh, man. How many, speaking of fries, how many have you eaten this week, Dustin? Actually, none until tonight. Then I had a nice Whataburger meal. It was solid. Oh, man. I miss Whataburger so much, man. Whataburger is a lifesaver, definitely at 3 a.m. Just not even 3 a.m., just at any time. Yeah, but it just hits different at 3 a.m. whenever uh, Austin, you know, you drink a lot of beers. That's never happened with me. The only time I've ended up late at a Whataburger is after the FSU Miami football game my freshman year. And some somehow I ended up sitting in the stands with Michael Snare. And I remember just looking at my phone going, it is 2 a.m. I'm at a Whataburger with Michael Snare. What is happening? Wow. How, why have you not told us that story yet and just told now? Like, what, what, I, I don't know. Why do we have you on here for that kind of stuff? I don't know because it's one of those things that I always forget about until I think about Whataburger. What did he get at Whataburger? Do you remember? I do not. But I do okay. remember Curtis, Curtis was with us because we all went to Curtis's apartment so Snare could charge his phone. Oh, wow. Okay. Did y'all have fun? As far as I remember. Okay. But, okay. Well, yeah, now, now I'm getting hungry, so thanks a lot. I yeah. guess to myself for bringing that up, probably. Yeah, that was me. Uh, but, yeah, is that pretty much everything, guys? Is that it? Uh, next time we talk to our produce a podcast for our listeners we will be recapping a little bit of fsu's uh start to their spring practice under coach norvell y'all excited about some fresh football to talk about 
No. It's March Madness is here, baby. <laughs> Dustin? Still with us? Wake up. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to have uh, super producer Richie Barnes on the show. Oh, yeah, you had to save yourself there. Because <laughs> he did ask whenever he's going to come onto the podcast. We got, we got to get them on. We got to get it's him. coming next week. And the roll cast, baby. Yes, sir. I get Trey super rolling pod for the super producer coming on. Yeah. That's what it's all about. But, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening, as always. Um, you can listen to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play. Hit that subscribe button on all of those platforms and you'll be notified whenever we release a new episode. Uh, as always, if you are on iTunes, feel free to rate us five stars if you really want to, if you really care enough. And if you're definitely still listening, feel free to rate it five stars, leave a review. You might have a chance for us to shout you out at the beginning of the podcast, the next episode. Uh, but yeah, y'all have a great start to y'all's weekend. Uh, and we'll talk to you guys in a few days. <laughs>